we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for May, I'm sorry, for June 1st, 2014, June 1st, 2014, part two, and uh, continuing, we're going to switch gears slightly here, this next report is entitled, Martial Law, Obama Confiscates All Apache Attack Helicopters from the Governors of All 50 States. As if Obama's administration's purchase of more than 2 billion rounds of ammunition and nearly... 3,000 urban tanks, which are intended to be used upon us. Not the illegal aliens we just talked about. Not the Muslim terrorists. Not the pro-radical, liberal, pro-abortion, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered crowds. Um, no, those are to be used on patriotic, liberty-loving, Bible-believing types of Americans, uh, which we've documented that. Um, so he's, they've purchased 2 billion rounds of ammo, nearly 3,000 urban tanks, along with their unprecedented and highly legal domestic spying program. That wasn't enough to convince you that the federal government is all about to suspend the Constitution once and for all. The man who once vowed to run, quote, the most transparent administration in the history, okay, but again, everything comes out of his mouth, a lie, has just rather inexplicably ordered that the U.S. Army to seize every Apache attack helicopter currently in use by the National Guard. <clears throat> in all, the Defense Department will confiscate 192 Apaches from the National Guard units around the country and give them to active duty Army. In exchange for the heavily armed and highly maneuverable choppers, the Guard units will receive 111 UH Black Hawk transport helicopters. These are just transport, they're not for defense of any way, shape, or form. This was straight from the Army's own website, Defense One. There's a link to the report. <clears throat> I-, I clicked on it. It's right from the Army. So what could be the explanation for this? The Apache, which began service in 1986, is capable of fending off an enemy, foreign or domestic. Obviously, these helicopters could pose a substantial obstacle to, say, a tyrant drunk on his own power <clears throat> with an army at his disposal. Yeah. True. With the recent, and that's exactly why this is being done. Okay, Because the National Guard, of all branches of of the um, armed services, because they're mostly in a civilian mode the majority of time, they would be the most likely suspects for people that wouldn't want to go along with the implementation of martial law, the New World Order, firing on their own American citizens. The National Guard would be the ones most highly suspect of that. They're not getting the constant brainwashing like the other branches of the armed services, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, are getting. Okay? And so, I can see. This is I, this makes total sense. I mean, if you were Satan, you'd, you'd do this too. You know? So, with the recent attempted seizure of the Bundy family ranch in Nevada by more than 200 federal, arm, uh, federal officers, including many snipers, we know that the Obama administration is not afraid to use force against the American people. Furthermore, considering the unprovoked attacks and murders of U.S. citizens on their own property by federal agents such as Ruby Ridge and the Waco massacres, we also know that the federal government has no problem suspending due process and using lethal force on its own citizens. Couple this with the as-yet unexplained massive arms buildup by the Department of Homeland Security 
and the National Defense Authorization Act, which allows the feds to arrest and detain any U.S. citizen indefinitely without charges, and even the most established-minded American should be able to see what's coming. These are just a few... There are a few governors around the country who would not stand for the martial law being arbitrarily declared by this or any other president, but without any teeth, like Apache attack helicopters, what could they use to stop Obama's tyranny? And I, I really believe this is where prayer and fasting and these types of things um, come in. And I don't mean collectively God-blessing America, because I don't see that happening. Um, but I'm talking about guarding the innocent, the remnant, um, the Lord working through them. So, on that same note, the next report <clears throat> is entitled ATF to Monitor Gun Owners with Drones. Attorney General confirms ATF to buy fleet of domestic drones. The alcohol, tobacco, firearm, yeah. At a House Judiciary, Judiciary Committee hearing today, Attorney General... Eric Holder confirmed that the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives was in the process of building a fleet of domestic drones. Good. I'm so glad that they're, they're getting... I mean, it's, it's so long overdue, you know, with buying these drones. In a sworn testimony, Holder confirmed that the ATF has already spent over $600,000 on the program and is in the process of trying to bring the drones into their surveillance arsenal. Last year, we reported on how to on how the maker of Shadowhawk drone was actually was actively promoting its technology as a way to monitor citizens who carry guns. Because see, they're the law-abiding citizens that carry guns. They're the real terrorists. They're the real, as, as the government stated over and over. <clears throat> now it looks like we have another government agency planning on using this technology to do exactly that. Holder told the committee, within the department, the only component that uses these vehicles at this point is the FBI. The ATF is in the process of working through uh, to see if they want to make use of them. But as we've reported in the past, there are actually a number of agencies within the federal government who are already operating their own fleets of drones for domestic surveillance. In fact, last year, the Department of Homeland Security confirmed they were purchasing a fleet of Predator B drones, there's a link to them, for homeland operations. The same drones that are in use in the skies over Afghanistan. It sounds like they're the ones that can kill you. Around the same time, the state of Nebraska told the world that the EPA was using drones to spy on state farmers. It was later confirmed by the EPA officials who said they were looking for people violating the Clean Water Act. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, uh, if we can get to that today. Now, again, I put my teaching in here in precatory prayer, Psalm 64, God's judgment on wickedness in a Christian's, quote, door of hope. And I believe that's the, the remedy to all of this domestic uh, governmental spying and all of these things they're, they're, they're trying to do. Now, it's not the only answer, but it's part of the answer that's not very much taught in the churches. So I give you the link. It's in green here um, in the PDF for this date. Um, or you can also go up to the uh, website for uh, June 1st, 2014. And it'll be the PDF for that date. And you'll see that green link. Or in, in key in prayer or psalm in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I, I had to put this little thing in here too. 
um, this is this is a true story. Devil Michael Bloomberg says, "Quote the I have earned my place in heaven. It's not even close." Former New York City mayor is pledging to spend fifty million this year to push for gun control. The New York Times reports for this and other deeds, such as taking on obesity and smoking, from a Big Brother standpoint, he's trying to force you to do these things. For this and other deeds, Bloomberg believes he is going to heaven. He says, quote, I am telling you, if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not stopping to be interviewed. I am heading straight in. I have earned my place in heaven. It's not even close. End of quote. Bloomberg told the Times today. This is from the theweeklystandard.com. Yeah. So I'm glad we got that sorted out because, I mean, you know, I have a comment here. Obviously, truer words have never been spoken. You know, there's no sarcasm there at all. But anybody's earned their way a place in heaven, he has, obviously. I mean, come on. So anyway, I wanted just to kind of go over that. and Absolute total insanity. <clears throat> Boy, is he going to have a rude awakening when he steps into hell. <clears throat> Yowza. So, next report. FBI will have up to one-third of Americans on a biometric database by next year. Good news! More good news. I should call this the, the, the good news report. You know? Um, not to be confused with the good news of the gospel, but just good news in general. You know? I wish, I wish it wasn't this way. <laughs> it's, it's a horrific thing I have to report on this stuff. But a lot of this stuff is literally going to be impacting us, either is impacting us or will be. So I feel compelled to warn people so that it's not like, well, and then it happens and then they've never been warned about any of it. It comes upon them unawares. <clears throat> so the Electronic Frontier Foundation notes in a communique that some 52 million Americans could be on the Next Generation Identification, or NGI, biometric database by 2015, regardless of whether they have ever committed a crime or been arrested. The group managed to obtain information pertaining to the program via freedom of information request. The database will also hold fingerprints, of which the FBI has around um, around 100 million records, as well as retinal scans and palm prints, Profiles on the system will contain other personal data, such as name, address, age, and race. The system will be capable of searching through millions of facial records obtained not only via mugshots, but also so-called civil images, uh, the origin of which is vague at best. Well, I bet you what that is, is um, all of these cameras they've got all around in, um, you know, on the streets and in cop cars and things of this nature, they're getting you, they're putting facial recognition, they're putting you into this facial recognition database, and that's what these civil images are. You know, so they've already got you on file. The EFF writes, I've told you about the the uh, license plate scanning, the where if you see a cop just sitting there and he's not even trying to pull people over, like let's say he's on like where you get on to an exit, or, or an entrance onto like the interstate, where somebody's not going to typically be speeding. You know, they haven't even got up enough speed yet. Well, he's just sitting there. What's he doing? He's recording your license plate. He's putting it in a in a database there. And then and then if he's sitting there 
a week from now and you go by again, what they're doing is they're tracking your behavior. They're tracking where that license plate is on a given day. So if that comes up again, that that license plate is, um, I don't know, let's say it's, you, you, you show up on Big Brother's radar. Well, now they've already got, through predictive programming, there's all these algorithm, algorithms they'll use, and they're, they're already tracking your, your movements. Now they can do that through the cell phones as well. Um, through, um, yeah, that's, that's the chief way. Smartphones and, and all that with GPS. And, you know, and then there's so much built into the new cars now that are along those lines. So a lot of it's redundant. But they're, they're, they know that if there's enough redundancy, they're going to really, really be able to get their man when the time comes because they're going to have it all tracked. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's what they're doing there. Uh, <clears throat> going further, EFF writes, this is a problem because we do not know what rules govern these categories, where the data comes from, how the images are gathered, and who has access to them and whose privacy is impacted. Well, who cares? If, if you're Satan, he can do it whatever he wants, right? A map within EFF's piece shows uh, which states already are complying with the program and which ones are close to agreeing on the deals to do so. The map, I tried to copy and paste in here, but didn't do it. So you can click on the link there if you want to see the map on which states. The EFF notes that currently the FBI has access to fingerprint records of non-criminals who have submitted them for any kind of background check by an employer or government agency. Going forward, however, all records, both criminal and non-criminal, will be stored in the same database. That's nice. This means that even if you've never been arrested for a crime, if your employer requires you to submit a photo as part of your background check, your face image could be searched, and you could be implicated as a criminal suspect by just virtue of having the image in a non-criminal file, because they're all in there together. So that's special. Kind of neat. Um, next report, next fun-filled report. UN, uh, the United Nations post-2015 development agenda aims to imprison the world. Now, this is one of those reports that we talk a lot about like these specific things that are going on right now. This is big picture here, this particular report. This is big picture. And this is literally... I think that they're looking for this by the end of 2015. Yeah. This is where they would like to be. Now, remember, they wanted, they thought, Satan thought that he was going to have 1984 as a reality. Okay. We're still not to 1984. And what, we're 30 years past that? No, past 1984? So, they're way behind on, on schedule. And, you know, God can throw a monkey wrench. And I think that's where prayer and fasting comes in. Pushing back God's mercy. And these types of things. But this is where they would like to be by the end of 2015. See, unfortunately, they're not going to let up. You know, all the stuff I'm talking about, if I do, if I'm fortunate enough to be here in another year, I'm going to be sitting here, Lord willing, and and um, going over reports that are even way more horrific than I'm going over now, which would seem to me almost impossible. I can't imagine reporting on the stuff I'm reporting on now, back when I first started, like around 2007, 2006. I couldn't believe what was going on back then. This stuff's getting worse by the week, though, it seems. I 
I mean, it's like trying to take a drink off a fire hose at full blast. What I'm trying to do, with the information I'm trying to pull, get out. It's just too much. Too much wickedness to even cover. But a lot of it will directly impact us. So it's not like it's irrelevant, you know. Anyway, again, United Nations post-2015 development agenda aims to imprison the world. Think of Barack Obama this way, and you get the big, and the, and getting the big picture will be obvious. Obama is the magician on the world stage. The daily diversion is to keep your attention. While the fate of you and your loved ones is being planned elsewhere. Uh, the far-reaching fate for captive new human society is not being placed in Washington, D.C., but in New York City. That fate is no longer somewhere off in the distant future, but is being made ready to eclipse all of the human society by the end of 2015. The sovereignty of all nations will be swallowed whole in the United Nations post-2015 development agenda, and that only this night, and that's only the, the nightmarish beginning of the coming new life on planet Earth. Again, this is written in a very, very upbeat, positive kind of standpoint. I, I'm kind of re- kind of warn you there. It's really, really upbeat. Anyway, while it sounds like science fiction, it it's harsh reality. In the fast-coming alien new world, only presidents and kings and their families and the staff will remain free of UN-sanctioned encampments called the micro-apartments of Agenda 21. When they, again, they are planning on doing this, herding us into these these big cities, no-go zones, just corridors to travel between uh, cities, and you probably have to get permission and, and, and stack and pack in these little micro... They're already doing it in, like, uh, uh, like China and those places where, you know, literally these people live in these little... Sometimes they're like tubes that they rent, you know, where they live in and have, you know, common... Uh, bathrooms and maybe cooking areas and stuff like that. I mean, it's really chummy. I mean, really chummy. You know, um, brave new world here. You know, so let's let's all um, embrace it. I think was what we need to do. So let's go further here. Uh, the countries most responsible for the coming UN entrapment of human society are the U.S., Britain, Russia, and China. While the leaders of some other nations are in on the act, they are bit players. The UN tags all of its plans with innocuous-sounding names uh, and successful efforts to keep suspicion and dissent at bay while the minute details of its hideous agenda are being worked out. Countless faceless UN bureaucrats hide in plain sight in multi-level towers right in New York City's, the New York City's UN headquarters. Enemies without identifiable faces are the most deadly of them all. True. Because then they're not accountable, is the reason they say that. The high-level panel of eminent persons includes the current presidents of Indonesia, Liberia, along with Britain's David Cameron, Cameron and former presidents of Germany and Japan, and Queen Rana al-Abdullah, uh, Queen of Jordan, as co-chairs. There's a full list, though, at the bottom of this report that I posted. Standing in for President Barack Obama as the high-level panel of eminent persons is John Podesta, currently... Uh, Obama's senior counselor, former co-chairman of the Obama-Biden Transition Project, and former White House chief of staff under Bill Clinton. Podesta positioning on the eminent persons panel allows Obama to remain on the stage as the magician, 
where it's, he's like, okay, look here, sleight of hand, okay, here's a rabbit, you know, look at me, look at Kim Kardashian, you know, on uh, Kanye West, all this other garbage going on, you know, in in Hollywood, and oh wow, this movie premiered, and and wow, this sport team is doing really great, and that's what we need to focus on, okay, so. <clears throat> Um, Obama being the main ma- magician, diverting attention away with almost daily scandals while allowing the 2015 takeover to meet its goal. And again, you know, uh, uh, they're going to have a rough time, I believe, fully implementing this by the end of 2015. Okay? Um, maybe with some global catastrophic type event. Pandemic. Who knows? That could happen. Uh, if the Lord permits it. The plan is being perfected while millions are losing their jobs, searching for another, while major attention must be paid to replacing health insurance plans. People wanting to know what is coming in the post-2015 development agenda will need someone to keep them awake when reading through the 81-page document. And that's the way it's intended. The UN never uses plain English or uh, when they can confound citizens with legalese and gobbledygook, even when, when the plan is to take over the world. But this is the plan in a nutshell, the inexorable creation of an all-encompassing new set of sustainable development goals. Whenever you see the word sustainable, you just know it's UN-oriented. In other other words, for Mother Gaia to be sustainable. We must not grieve Mother Gaia, and we must herd ourselves into these cities, we must give up all land rights, we must, you know, obey the big brother, do whatever is told, and then you know, go to the death camps when the time is right. Basically, that's what it all, all boils down to. <clears throat> so, these are a new set of sustainable development goals for the planet that will require an outlay of trillions of dollars on poverty and environment, a radical reorganization of economic production and consumption, primarily in rich countries, and a mammoth funding for a newly energized war on climate change, which is, you know, basically the non-existent thing that they keep wanting to shove down our throats. Uh, Coldest winter on record we just had. You know, Arctic ice caps growing bigger. But, you know, everything's everything's melting. We're going to be, you know, we're going to have water up to our eyeballs any second if if we don't watch out because of, you know, good old uh, devil boy Al Gore. What it all boils down to is the UN putting is the UN is putting the wraps on a profound transformation of human society and plots to dem- to dramatically alter your views and behavior so that you won't find it necessary to fight it off. Exactly. And it's it's what does it really get down to? Mind control. Okay. Now there's links to this document uh, I believe in more than one spot here, if you want to check it out for yourself. Among the chief designs of the post-2015 agenda is the end of America, even though America will largely finance it. And again, yeah, you do. You, you uh, Particularly when you pay taxes to the IRS. You're financing your own destruction. You literally are. Because that money does not go to run in our country. And they've, they've determined that, even the, Reagan, the Reagan's Grace Commission determined that years ago. Or you go up there in, in key in uh, Freedom to Fascism, Aaron Russo, who suddenly died of, I believe, bladder cancer after that came out. <clears throat> he goes through all that. What really runs our country is not the IRS, what you pay the IRS, it's all the other taxes. Not one dime 
goes running, run, goes into running this country. And that was according to the Grace Commission, from what you paid to the IRS. That basically goes into the the, the uh, pockets of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, and um, <clears throat> which owns the Federal Reserve, which is basically like giving it to the twelve richest richest families on the planet. And you're just funding your own destruction. That's that's the way it goes. Uh, I've gotten to that many times too. So anyway. <clears throat> If you have neither the time nor the patience to read through the post-2015 development agenda, readers like Claudette Rosette, Claudia Rosette, Joseph Klein, Eilina Johnson, Kelly O'Connell, and the late Henry Lamb, just to mention a few, not only did they get it, but they put it in a way that you can more easily understand it, so you could look up those authors if you wanted to. Surviving the unbridled ambition of the UN for world takeover won't be easy, but survive you must. You need to recognize the players among the world leaders for who they are. You need to stop watching the mesmerizing magician shows coming out of Washington, D.C. You need to stop all arguments that a takeover by the U.N. is only conspiracy talk. A deliberately planned U.N. takeover society is the conspiracy fact. Remember that everything the American, the America-hating Obama has done and is doing is to allow that takeover to happen. That's why he's doing what he's doing. With all the things I get into every week, it's all by design, all on purpose. It, it is not the U.S. presidency that is enabling the U.N. for world takeover. That is Obama's real main job. So here is the U.N. report. Here's a link to the PDF. And here's a huge list of these high-level panel of eminent persons that are being used in this regard to plot the destruction of humanity worldwide. And there, here's a huge laundry list of people uh, that's given there. Okay, so let's go to the next report here. And that is entitled, Biggest Land Grab in the History of the World. Requested EPA authority over streams would freeze the economy. <clears throat> a move In a move, lawmakers and farmers are calling the biggest land grab in all the history of the world. The Environmental Protection Agency is requesting jurisdiction over all public and private streams in the United States that are, quote, imminent, seasonal, and rain-dependent. The EPA and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in late March jointly released a proposed rule called Waters of the United States, how how wonderful-sounding, in an effort to clarify which streams and wetlands are protected under the Clean Water Act. According to the Congressional Budget Testimony last week, waters of the United States would give the EPA authority over streams on private property even when the waterbeds have been dry. In some cases, for hundreds of years. If they've been dry for hundreds of years, it doesn't matter, is what they're saying. We still have authority over it. Calling it the biggest land grab in the history of the world. House appropriate, and, and you know, this thing with the Bundy Ranch, that's just, you know, way more evidence of that. Okay? They want it all. Satan wants it all. Uh, that's the motto of the story here. Um, <clears throat> calling it the biggest land grab in history of the world, House Appropriations Committee Chairman Rep- Representative Harold Rogers out of Kentucky said that, quote, an economic, said the economic impact of that would be profound. A community needing to build on private land uh, that had on it one of these streams that you considered a waterway under this new rule would have to travel thousands 
or hundreds of miles to Washington, D.C. to get approval. He also said, um, argued that it would absolutely freeze economic, <coughs> excuse me, it would absolutely freeze economic activity in this country. Well, again, that's, they want to destroy the economy. And, and that's a big, big uh, goal of theirs. Roger said <clears throat> the proposal is proof in and of itself of the malintent of this administration toward the private sector. You think? When Senator Lisa Murkowski, uh, Republican of Alaska, probed the EPA administrator, Gina McCarthy, further about how the new waters of the United States rule would affect Americans, civil liberties, and the ability to conduct business, McCarthy wasn't able to cite specifics. Well, just let us pass it, and then you'll find out. (laughs) You know, is basically what she's saying. She said the rule is currently posted on the EPA website for a 90-day commenting period, and the scientific basis to support it has not been completed. (laughs) Scientific basis. You bunch of stinking devils is all they are. They're just Satan's minions. In, in some type of human form. Vessels of wrath fitted, meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction, as the Bible says in Hebrews. You know, the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. <laughs> it's a pretty accurate description of Obama. You know, and, and all of these other devils that just lie through their teeth constantly and have no conscience. Why? Because their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. They, they're not even... They're, I mean, they're just they're just pure evil, and they've always been that, most likely. <clears throat> anyway, um, God hath created all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of destruction. So, uh, I don't understand how all that works out totally, but I mean, that's, you know, God's ways are not our ways, his ways are higher. So, McCarthy went on to explain that the EPA is working closely with the USDA, to further regulate 56 farm practices that are considered exempt under the Clean Water Act. Because we want to regulate all the farms, too. We want to drive them out of, totally out of business and only have the global ones. Uh, <clears throat> but lawmakers and farmers expressed concern that this kind of regulation would allow the EPA, in conjunction with the Bureau of Land Management, the Department of Energy, and the Army, to dictate on a never-before-seen scale everything from grazing rights, food production, animal health, and the use of energy on private lands. When lawmakers questioned McCarthy on the extent of the regulation's reach, including who would be fined if the rules are violated, and where the money would go, McCarthy could not give a clear answer. Imagine that. I can't imagine. She seems like a wonderful lady. I mean, she really does. I mean, I don't know. I think she needs a few dozen roses sent to her, or maybe, um, I don't know, I, you know, a, a box of candy, the heart-shaped kind, uh, something to express our appreciation for her being at the spear tip of this satanic piece of legislation. I mean, she needs to be satanically appreciated, and, and Satanists have feelings too. I think we all need to kind of, you know, bear that in mind, and, and um, but they're doing a great job. You know, they're serving Satan well, and, and they're really doing a yeoman's job of, of doing that. And just to let them know they're appreciated. You know, a little, a little sarcasm there, sorry. Um, <clears throat> so, she said that the only specific study on which the proposed rule is based is still underway. Um, yeah, whatever. So, 
Next report. And it just gets funner and funner and funner. Or gooder and gooder and gooder, as one guy from my old church, Baptist church I used to go to, used to say. Um, <clears throat> Dick Zeiss, that was his name. I love that guy. Anyway, the Global Reporting Initiative, yes, your grocery store is forcing you into Agenda 21. So the grocery store now. Agenda 21, the United Nations Open Plan for Global Sustainability, <clears throat> is widely understood to be voluntary. Voluntary. Critics of the scheme, however, insist that the UN is engaging in doublespeak and that this so-called volunteer status is actively creating a world government through the interlinking of UN bureaucracies and international corporations. It is now appears um, that they may be right, this time involving a place most households in the Western world cannot avoid, the grocery store. As it turns out, every item scanned at Walmart, Satan Mart, China Mart, America's top food reseller, with an estimated 25% of the market share, supports Agenda 21 through a little-known organization called the Global Reporting Initiative, or GRI. Um, The GRI, according to the website, says Walmart is one of the growing number of corporations who attach to the registry, voluntarily conforming to the policies of the GRI which is a collaborating center with the United Nations Environment Program, or UNEP. So Walmart's just lockstep yoked right up with the United Nations. And every item you buy from Walmart, don't don't worry yourself, okay, because every item you buy there is, is, um, let's see, Just say that. Anyway, the GRI functions as an over-the-shoulder manager, one that tracks compliance by companies who submit the proper paperwork and commit to managing their firms under the dictates of Agenda 21. Okay. So this is this is more really good news. This is why I say don't buy anything at Walmart. You're funding your own destruction. Okay. And what I was meaning to say, I just couldn't get this back in the article. Every item scan at Walmart um, supports Agenda 21 through the little known organization called the Global Reporting Initiative, which is basically um, a a collaborating center with the United Nations Environmental Program. So, again, more, more kind of nifty news there, and, and um, more reason to definitely shop at Walmart every chance you get. I mean, you know, that place is just a wonderful, neat, nifty uh, center for Satan, essentially. Now, here we have some more uh, reports regarding um, uh, Satan Mart, and I put these out in my last newsletter, and this one's called Hidden Behind the Cross Walmart. Walmart is Satan's outpost of hell on earth, exposed. So it's got a nice, light, whimsical title there that you might want to avail yourself to. I'm just going to read you a little bit of this. Uh, Walmart was once known as a family-friendly neighborhood retail outlet that was founded on Christian principles of respect, service, and sacrifice. Founder Sam Walton's pious autobiography states he taught Sunday school, prayed with his children, and fulfilled his Christian calling by improving the living standards of untold millions by offering the public lower prices in his stores. Okay. (laughs) Nothing like blowing your own horn there. I mean, okay, anyway. 
No one knows for certain when Sam Walton sold his soul to Satan, but his addiction to U.S. currency had spun out of control. Um, by 1962, when Sam, o- Sam opened his first discount store under the Walmart name uh, in Rogers, Arkansas, it's clear he was a servant of Satan. Today, the retail magnate's soul burns in hellfire, where he will one day be reunited with his soulless family, who still controls the mega-global corporation, while they live in sin, decadence, and shame. I, this guy's got a very light, whimsical, fluffy writing style, if you've noticed that. Um, and then he gets into the whole the whole history of, of this family, and where they got their, um, I guess their... their business model and their morality from, and, and, uh, I can't go through all of this, but, (laughs) it said that, um, he, I must have, following this guy named, uh, Sinclair, um, and he, Sam Walton graduated from the University of Missouri with an economics degree in 1940. Uh, during his college years, Sam's fraternity brothers gave him the nickname Hustler, which stuck. So I guess that was his nickname. Uh, in 1945, Walton purchased a Ben Franklin variety store in Newport, Arkansas. By 62, 1962, he owned 16 Ben Franklin stores in Arkansas, Missouri, and Kansas. So it was in 1962 he opened his first discount store under the Walmart name. So, um, yeah... That's where I guess it all started. Uh, evidently, this occultist, this Sinclair that he followed in his business model, he went even lower. Uh, he, he dropped the new lows by adopting tactics of his own. He vowed to pay his employees less. He viciously fought against unionization and kept all his employees below 28 hours per week to prevent them from qualifying for employee benefits. What a guy. Uh, <clears throat> the few full-time employees received wage and benefits package that were 12 to 30% below those paid employees in similar positions at unionized companies. It's no wonder that during Sam's reign over Walmart before his death in 1992, Walmart consistently maintained a staggering turnover rate between 35 and 45%. I just don't understand that. Why do you want to have a turnover rate like that? I mean, it's 10 times more of a hassle to retrain somebody, to get them up to speed, you know, to what you're doing. I can't even, I'm sorry, I can't even go into those places. Every time I've tried in, you know, and I haven't done this in a long time, but even before this, since the years since I've been in there, everything I would buy would break or would not work when I got it home. And I got a very evil feeling like God was not happy I was there. Like, you know, anything you buy here is going to be cursed. And it was. I'm sorry, for me, that was my experience. I'm not saying better than anybody if that doesn't happen. I'm just saying, for me, I'm at a very high accountability level. Too much is given, much is required. Okay, I know a little bit more than the average person. And I'm not saying that bragging away. I'm just saying that because this is my life. Okay, and I can't go in there. I mean, I I guess I could go in there if God told me to go in there and pray. You know, but um, I'm going to read a little bit more of this and and see here. I kind of want to cover this a little bit more. So this goes on to say that in 1962, the Walton Brood 
brood of vipers, I guess, settled in Bentonville, Arkansas at the time, a rural city of less than 10,000, which, like Benton County, was known for their apple production. No one in Bentonville could have known that the devil was now living among them, or that their humble community, with its small-town atmosphere, would be destroyed by the beasts of Bentonville. Walton depended heavily on his Christian upbringing and education to sell the concept that Walmart is a warm, family-friendly uh, neighborhood retail outlet founded on solid Christian principles. It was the beginning of the creation of what is called today the Walmart myth story, with Walton waving the Christian cross high and claiming to be God's servant, and that is when Walmart started experiencing uh, phenomenal growth, even though he was a devil. Um, okay, so going further... The high cost of low prices resulted in the loss of 40, let's see here, I'm not exactly sure what the statistic is here, it looks like 1.5 million, 1 to 1.5 million manufacturing production jobs here in the U.S. Why? Because they were outsourced to dirty foreign sweatshops known to use slave or child labor, who were paid little, if anything. That's most of the the um, goods that come from Walmart or China Mart or these other countries are from that. You know, and that's, that's how the prices, you know, were low. Uh, the U.S. and local communities suffered the loss of tax revenues these workers in manufacturing plants would have paid them. Here at home, Sam frequently hired undocumented workers illegal aliens from Mexico and used underage children to clean and stock his stores, though they worked in the back beyond the sight of customers. Isn't that wonderful? During the 60s and 70s, Sam Hustler Walton was busy building his global empire by selling cheap foreign goods made for far less than minimum wage in order to undercut his competitors' prices. Rumors began to surface about the working conditions in these foreign sweatshops employed by Walmart. Now, there's two other links below this story here. Uh, on the PDF at the very, very end for today, and um, <clears throat> uh, 6-1-2014, and they get into a lot of the sweatshop stuff. Anyway, the latest scandal Walmart executives are trying to bury, um, as of 2012, is the classic factory case involving young women between 18 and 25 who were called foreign guest workers. Um, most of these young girls are shipped in to the five classic factories in Jordan, which creates cheap clothing under the Walmart label, uh, Danskin Now. They come from Sri Lanka, Egypt, India, Bangladesh, and Nepal. For years, the Jordanian government has looked the other way while these girls are beaten, tortured, and raped by uh, the managers. If they complain, they are fired and deported. See more on this here. There's a whole link there you can click on. So it's not just China, it's a lot of other places they're getting these people from as well. <clears throat> During the same period, more rumored, more rumors surfaced concerning Walton's uh, sexual appetite involving his undocumented workers. Complaints from both male and female illegal workers claim they were expected to perform sexual favors for a raise or a promotion within the Walmart chain. One report cites he, Sam Walton, also had sexual favors from the undocumented workers and their family members he helped smuggle into the USA. Walton somehow managed to keep much of the complaints out of America media's view. Bribes, payoffs, and deportation 
helped Walton greatly in covering up the sleaze about him and his greed-motivated company. By 1989, Walmart was now located in 26 states and the company was making billions in profits. People quickly became obsessed with Walmart's rollback prices and couldn't get enough. Then, on December 22, 1992, NBC aired footage of children as young as nine working in factories in Saraka, Bangladesh, making Walmart private label shirts. Walmart went into damage control mode after being embarrassed by the NBC footage, which they played off as an isolated incident. Then, in February 2004, the National Labor Committee reported workers making plastic toys from Walmart in the Changping Township of Guangdong Province, China, and they were being paid less than China's minimum wage. They found workers on the job uh, up to 20 hours per day, a 20-hour day, you know, getting paid less than their minimum wage in China, which I'm sure is really a lot of money. Uh, they were some. They were uh, yeah, 20 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, come on. You know, it's only 140-hour work week, being paid less than the minimum wage in almost a third-world country. I mean, what's not to like about that? I mean, this is Walmart, who were paid an average of 16.5 cents per hour. So they were making some really good money for this 140-hour work week. You know, let's do the math on that. Let's let's do the math on that real quickly because I wanna I wanna really bring this out and show what a wonderful, neat, nifty guy um, Sam Walton is or was. And so, if we're making, let's say, um, I'm gonna do the math. So get this: uh, uh, if you work 140 hours. At 16.5 cents an hour, you are going to bring home $23.1 per week. I mean, these, these, these cats must have been driving around in like, you know, Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, and all kind of stuff with all that extra income that they were getting off that 140 hour work week, you know, to make the slave labor goods that good old Walmart put out. Um, you know, it's not too wicked. Uh, so, yeah, let's go further here. Uh, again, playing off the report is yet another isolated incident <laughs> on which the corporation was unaware of. Walmart executives publicly announced that they do not tolerate child labor and forced or prison labor. Yeah, right. But when independent inspectors approached the company to, to obtain a list of their overseas contractors, the company refused to provide the information. Well, because they're so transparent, like Obama. You know, they're cut from the same cloth, Obama and Walmart. In the U.S., <clears throat> And, you know, Walmart's there, you know, having DHS broadcast their messages from Janet Napolitano. You know, that's been, they've been doing that, too. In the U.S., Walmart hardly treats its employers any better, employees any better. According to USA Today, Walmart was sued 4,851 times in 2000. That's not too many. That's almost 5,000. They were only sued 5,000 times in one year? That's why, because they're treating people right, okay? Now, I I think that none of us at this point could argue that. They're treating people like they would want to be treated. You know, the golden rule. Isn't that what Sam Walton was all about? Sure. So when you do good things for for people, good things come back on you. You know? Um, They only got sued five, almost 5,000 times in 2000. Uh, Average about one suit filed about every two hours, every day of the year. So, hey, at that time, Walmart lawyers confirmed there were about 
9,400 open cases pending against the corporation in the U.S. alone. In 2005, the corporation agreed to pay a trivial $135,000 fine to settle federal charges that the company had violated child labor laws in Connecticut, Arkansas, and New Hampshire. Today, Walmart runs its business by forcing their factories to compete with each other for the company's business. The result is that these foreign factories are forced to cut back and to hire the cheapest laborers they can find, often children, because they're so loving. The real Walmart has been hiding its vile anti-Christian filth behind the Christian cross too long. The global corporation today continues to willfully violate labor laws, morality, and basic human rights in order to pursue obscene profits at the expense of poverty-stricken people who work in their factories in 46 countries worldwide. What's at stake for these foreign factories? Big money. The classic, the five classic groups of factories in Jordan saw an increase in its sales of 6,000% from $2 million in 2003 to $120 million by the end of 2010. There were no pay raises for the employees. The amounts, uh, the amounts to an average... This amounts to an average of 857 sales increase every year. Um, so, you still think that Walmart is a family-friendly neighborhood store? Ask yourself, Christian, does the, does the money you spent at Walmart stores honor God? You know, amen to that. So, he's going to do another uh, report here. Um as we peek in the demonic world of the Walmart family themselves. So, some really wicked people. Really, really wicked, evil. Really, really evil people. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and post the text of this into this study, because I actually did cover it. So you'll have it on the PDF, and then there's other links here. Walmart, the high cost of low prices. It's it's a uh, Brave New Films put this out. It's a whole... Uh, I guess, a video report on this. And then Walmart, Bangladesh, Sweatshop, Factory Fire. And then Walmart's kill score exceeds 500 in Bangladesh. Um, so, yeah, they're, people are dying left and right because of, uh, of uh, what they're doing. So that's all I have for um, today. And um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Um, we thank you, Lord, for all your goodness and mercy that you bestowed upon us. I pray, Lord God, that regarding these matters, these issues that we get into on a week-to-week basis, Lord, that this evil would be exposed, Lord, and that by exposing that, the evil would be stopped. That you would fight against these wicked, evil entities, Lord God, these devils and demons and fallen angels and Satan himself, that perpetuate so much of the evil that we get into on a daily basis, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this information. We thank you, Lord, for being forewarned for the knowledge you've given us regarding this. I also pray, Lord, as the Bible says, too much is given, much is required, that we would be faithful to help other people and that, Lord, you would open their eyes ahead of time or make them receptive to the truth, ultimately to lead them to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart 
be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our, strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.